How often have we heard of excuses of ill health or personal problems for a delayed report or mediocre work? A corporate manager does not have the luxury of replacing an employee reporting sick frequently. Unlike in cricket where you have standbys and where excuses for poor performance just don't wash. Jasprit Bumrah's absence from the Indian cricket squad or David Warner missing out on the rest of the India Australia series due to injury cannot be used by the respective teams to explain away any weakness in performance. In this episode of our regular workplace series People at Work hosted by Kamal Karanth co-founder Exfino we look at team dynamics on the sports field versus the corporate workplace can we take lessons from the cricket pitch who better to ask than ex india cricketer and the former coach of the indian women's cricket team w v raman the author of the book the winning sixer over to kamal and w v raman hi w v welcome to hindu business trends people at work podcast where we discuss things that work and sometimes don't work around our workplaces so we've been doing this for a while and really glad to have you here and thanking you for making time it's my pleasure to be here and thanks for the invite and having me on the show i'm sure it's going to be an interesting conversation yes it is yes it is and the right time too you know so without much ado let me dive in you know one of the things that i picked up when i read the excerpts of your book the winning sixer you mentioned the five c's credibility clarity connect control and conviction and i'm curious to ask in the world of uh, cricket that is all around us today thanks to the gavaskar world trophy that's around i wanted to ask you this which of the c's do you think is a critical miss or maybe better used by today's enterprises i think clarity is important it's not so much as um, clarity being there but retaining the clarity which is critical because what happens is that we all are aware of what it is we all plan meticulously both in the corporate world and in the sports world we all plan meticulously but it's so easy to get distracted because of various factors being involved the internal pressures and the external pressures and also the variations in the circumstances so it's going to be a little bit uh, of a challenge to retain your clarity because clarity to me involves um, thinking and acting in a sequential manner you can't be thinking and acting at the same time once you made your plans you got to act at that time you can't be mentally dithering whether you you do it or you don't do it so that is perhaps a challenge and uh, quite obviously if uh, a leader is uh, very clear in what he wants to do it's uh, important for the leader to be one to be uh, very clear to what is even more important apart from retaining the clarity is uh, being very clear in conveying the objectives to his team everybody needs to be clear as well because it's so easy for somebody to think yes this is what it is they are obviously aware of what it is i want them to do and not convey it communicate it to the uh, team members so that's the reason i felt that uh, clarity is important communication is important connect is also important because you need to be aware as to how to convey to different people because everybody cannot be conveyed to about your plans in the same manner and also conviction yes once there is clarity there will be conviction because uh, a lot of times people don't uh, go ahead with their plans even though they are uh, very clear as to what it is they need to do and what it is that the circumstances demand 
So the conviction, if there is a little bit of uh, lack of conviction, then the implementation of the plans doesn't happen. So that's perhaps the reason uh, I've uh, listed out these five C's as very critical for a uh, leader. Thank you, W.V., for clarifying for people who have not read the book, The Winning Sixer. And now going ahead, you know, in the world of sports, when you lose a match due to key people not being available, you know, India did lose when Bumrah was not there in the past. And I'm sure Australia currently missing you know, some people, especially Stark in the cases. Are you allowed to make those excuses internally? You know, I know that people come out and say other things, but they don't mention that we missed this player. Uh, you know, so we lost. We don't get to hear uh, people complaining about that. I ask this because in the corporate world, we don't have options for replacement. Uh, key people's health, related lack of availability, often affect performances. And many leaders struggle to manage that. A bit of a chalk and cheese world, sports and this when it comes to not having the right people. What's your take? Not really. Uh, you are supposed to do certain activities at a certain scheduled time in sport. You can't postpone the event if one player is not available. And uh, if it happens before the start of a game or uh, a sporting event, then you can always revise your plans, try and plan accordingly, uh, taking into consideration that particular player is not going to be available for this game. So that gives you a clarity as to how you got to go about that particular game without the involvement of one of the key players. So that uh, possibility is always there and uh, generally in sports, we get on with it. If somebody is not available, uh, we say, oh, thank God it didn't happen after the game is commenced. Now, it's a problem if you're going in with a certain uh, set of uh, plans and you also got uh, your conditions sussed out and uh, you stick to a particular level and then you take the field and then somebody breaks down badly. Of course, these days you do get the option of... Uh, involving a concussion substitute but again it's not going to be the same suddenly things are to be different but of course uh, thinking on the feet and improvising as the events pan out is nothing new for sports persons so that is what they thrive in and that's what they program to do and that's what sport is all about but whereas in the corporate world you do have that flexibility yes you can say yes i didn't have my key marketing manager for a great campaign of a new product out in the market but again you can always generally uh, tend to look at an alternate date to launch that campaign, uh, making sure that your key player is available for that particular uh, launch of a product or for a campaign or whatever it is. That uh, kind of um, uh, option is available in the corporate world, whereas in the sports world, you have to get on with it, whether you like it or not. But corporate world, despite the fact that you cannot obviously replace like we can do in sports, you can always try and work everything else around the availability of your key players. I would rather argue it the other way around, you know, when the guy is not there, you know, for a month or so, nobody else can do it. And also, as you know, corporates typically work on thin budgets, so you don't have the luxury of replacing somebody. So, you know, that's how the question came about. But, you know, I wanted to really go ahead and talk to you about the, the Border Gasket Trophy that's currently on. And I have just observed your tweet as well as we spoke. Uh, in the corporate world, a long rope is given to poor performers, uh, you know, especially if you are in a senior role. In cricket, a few bad patches and you're replaced, though KL Rahul has been retired despite a clamor going on for his change. Is the vice captain in this case, he's no longer one as we just read it today. 
or let's say an organization context, a vice president, a senior leader is more protected. So any context from a sport to the corporate that you want to comment upon? See, in terms of uh, you having to replace or drop uh, in sports, it is uh, in a way forced on you because everything is out in the open. A game of cricket is played out on a big field. Millions watch it. Millions have, billions have their views about what is going on. So there is no escape for a goldfish. So that's what this is all about. And uh, yes, it is also a case of uh, judgment generally in sports as to how a player is and what he's capable of doing and what it is that the team expects from him or her. And why is it they have that particular person in the side? For what reason they have? But uh, the thing is that these variables are always factored in sport. But whereas in a corporate world, what happens is that you pick out on a candidate who you think can fit the role and who can perhaps have a long future in the company. And then you devote all your energies, effort, time into training that person and uh, getting him uh, going up the ladder uh, step by step. So once he reaches a top level, you can't obviously get uh, a vice president of a company replaced overnight. It's a long drawn process in a way. And that also becomes expensive and also it becomes a realignment of uh, culture as well in a way. Because that person has to fit into the culture of your organization. Your organization has to assess whether he's a man who will fit into our culture. So there's a lot of factors that need to be done. But uh, yes, again, the flexibility that the corporate world will have in uh, drawing up a schedule is something that a sports person or a coach of a team doesn't have. Because if there is, let's say, back-to-back -back series, uh, if somebody uh, is not done well and there is pressure mounting on that particular play need, needing to be replaced, the coach has to look for it. And he's also got people in the queue, as it were. Uh, whereas in the corporate world, you do not necessarily have the choices. You're not spoiled for choices to pick a VP as and when you want uh, a new VP to take uh, take up a position in your organization. So everything obviously has its advantages and disadvantages. Sport has uh, an advantage in the sense that you have a lot of options to choose from. In the corporate world, you may not have the option at the particular time that you are looking for an option. So it's all a question of time and also the um, luxury of having the option to fix your schedule and do things according to your old schedule in the corporate world, which is perhaps not available in the sporting fraternity and in the sports world. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm sitting on this side of the table, I always feel it's easier in sport, you know, you, you can, you know. We always think um, the other person is doing the easiest of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was trying to get an easier solution from you, you know, on that front. I want to give a bit of a context to India's uh, corporate uh, female participation ratio, you know, what we call as FPR mostly. Is, is it about 20% on an average for the longest time? How are they taking steps to improve it now? Some sectors like banking have done it well. But overall, the number of women in the workforce is down due to the obvious family caregiving responsibilities. One of the common challenges for enterprises is how to lead women. Having set a good template for the Indian women cricket team, which many believe is showing continued results, do you have any insights of how to lead women? Yeah, we need to understand what makes a person tick. 
uh, it's not about a male or a female. It's about how each individual, what makes an individual tick. And that becomes critical. So when you're uh, leading a team, which comprises both males and females, now uh, we have to be very, very mindful of how we communicate things and uh, how we put things across for everybody's comprehension. And also factor in as to how the response levels will be, what are the things that uh, will also trigger a response is something we need to understand. Like uh, by that, I mean, if you have, let's say, a group of 10 and you have equal split of five and five, uh, you need to perhaps convey it in a certain way to the males and you need to convey it uh, in a different way to the females. And even amongst these two groups, you perhaps need to convey it in one particular mode to two out of the five and in a different mode to the three out of the other, remaining three out of the five. And uh, the same thing also applies for the second group as well. So what happens is that um, I may be one who will not perhaps get uh, uh, too taken up by what is happening around me. For example, I might be able to absorb a lot more things easier than the other person. And if I can do that, I think I will perhaps respond uh, the way perhaps you know, my boss is expecting me to respond or the situation is expect me to respond. But if I am one who gets rattled easily, even though I'm efficient, I'm very skillful, I have whatever it takes to execute that job or execute that campaign or whatever it is, the function or whatever it is, uh, I need to be uh, sort of reassured a little bit. I need to be uh, broken down uh, and explained as to each element, uh, with regard to each element rather. So it, it, is a, it is a case of you being aware of what uh, it is that triggers a response in a person and it's also based on what you think will elicit a response from a person is uh, how uh, the communication will, be, will have to be directed. W, asking you about hiring because you mentioned that you know, briefly before. One of the things that we as corporates struggle continuously is hiring the right people. I'm sure it's, it's the same in most of the places because we focus on what the individual has achieved before versus, uh, you know, what possibly the person can do, right? And as we go through a series of interviews, because that's our model of uh, hiring today, and also because we really don't know how it is to hire for potential. And I read somewhere where you said that, uh, you know, uh, optimizing potential is the best way to go. So from a sports world, you know, anything that we can learn on hiring for potential, WV? What advantage we have in the sports uh, world is uh, the visual thing. We, By that I mean we get to see a player play before we even think of picking him or not picking him. Whereas in the corporate world, it's all a case of uh, papers where everything is uh, conveyed by means of a communication on a piece of paper or certificates or whatever. Even the qualification is um, assessed uh, by way of a certificate in the corporate world. So along those lines, there's a little bit of um, a disadvantage in the corporate world. Whereas in the sports world, what happens is you get to see a player you get to see a player repeatedly if you're zooming in on him. And then you take a call on whether to include him or her in the side or not. Well, the other side of um, the coin is that um, 
in the corporate world it's all about uh, first hiring a person and then assessing a person as to what it can be what uh, that candidate can do uh, and then there again what happens is that um, sometimes um, the uh, template matches the persona and the talent that uh, has been mentioned on the template with regard to a candidate uh, there are many cases uh, where uh, there's a huge disconnect between what is written on a piece of paper and what it is that you get to see uh, when the candidate starts a job so uh, quite obviously i don't know what is the best way for uh, both fields to do because even in sports sometimes despite seeing a candidate uh, long enough uh, that a candidate may not deliver um, at a certain point in time uh, so it's all a question of um, us trying to constantly uh, be vigilant and also constantly uh, reassessing uh, the criterion that we set when we hire a person or when we pick a person into the site Hey, thanks for the WB. Actually, you know, we in the corporate world we talk about building, buying, and borrowing talent. You know, building mm. money. You you have the IT companies, Indian IT companies who specialize this way, hire thousands of engineers, train them for six months, one year, almost to, to almost two years. They are in a kind of a, a intermediary program of learning, and then they get deployed to projects. So I think we have really institutionalized that, uh, and that's how. Uh, six million IT workers have got built, and of course, the the famous thing to do is buy talent from the market, who's so is ready to hit the road running, as we call it. And the much adopted, uh, you know, off late models are what we call as borrow. That means you hire somebody project basis on a contract basis, six months, eight months. You like the person, you onboard them. Can we hire somebody who's not a let's say clear fit but near fit and try with them? I guess those are the things that's running around right now in the hiring world. And uh, one last thing, WV, before I let you go, the contract question. Anything you have observed in the corporate world, you wish sports or cricket could incorporate to produce better results or make the game more fulfilling for players? Ironically, uh, probably the template or the um, criterion that is fixed for a job description and for a job profile. Yes, that cannot be um, uh, related or that should not be the norm for uh, picking a player, but as far as administrative positions are concerned, and I think that should be followed in the, the descriptive nature of uh, practices that is uh, done by the HR in the uh, corporate world. I think that is what should come into sports because generally what happens is that it is taken for granted that um, it's just uh, something that anybody can do. But given the way that uh, sports management has made rapid strides, in the recent past and that really you know becoming uh, something more and more professional both the management of sport per se and also uh, sport by itself is becoming very very professional uh, i think a lot more uh, in-depth practices are uh, required in terms of um, bringing in administrators into sport i'm so glad to hear that wb because i always wrote blogs around what we learned from this match this leadership, cricket specifically, at least in a year, three, four blogs, I write about what to learn from a particular context of cricket. And I'm happy that there are aspects which the sporting world can take from the enterprise world. Sport and business can feed off each other uh, when it comes to certain aspects in as much as the corporate world 
needs to feed off um, the practice of decision making and not dithering from the sports persons because uh, for example um, uh, there are obviously uh, several instances that you would have come across several instances i would have heard of and seen myself of um, the leaders in the corporate world dithering and not taking a decision that needs to be taken they think postponement or letting it uh, subside is uh, one way of handling a pressure situation but whereas in the sports field if you look at it if you are uh, watching a t20 game you are talking um, for 240 uh, deliveries in a game and the number of decisions that are taken there is almost threefold because the bowler needs to decide what delivery to bowl batter needs to decide what shot to play and the fielder decide needs to decide whether it's a catch or not or whether it's coming quickly at me or whether it's going to my right or left so there's a lot of um, decisions that need to be made in sports and it has to be done there's no postponing or no letting it subside that is something that the corporate world can really take from the sports field the decision making sure wvi i get that and every day we believe we take a lot of decisions and some of us would argue that not taking a decision is also a decision that is true so with that it's a wrap Olivia, thank you for your time i know you are in south africa and made time for this today and uh, i wish you have a good time there and uh, look forward to listen to you again and again thank you for all the insights of your experience and uh, the coaching world that you're bringing into us thank you very much for joining us today on behalf of thanks Kevin. yeah it's been a pleasure thank you you're welcome thank you bye bye